Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. On today's episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad, we're talking expectations versus reality. So often in life, we do tend to romanticize things in our heads, when in reality, they never really live up to the hype. Now, the same goes for travel destinations. So today, we're discussing some of the places that we may be overhyped that didn't really live up to our expectations when we got there, but equally, some of the places where we didn't expect much of that ended up blowing us away. So we hope that this episode lives up to the hype and that you won't be disappointed. Hi, Steph. Good Hello. morning. No, good evening. Hello, good evening from Melbourne. <laughs> that sounded like the beginning of Ohio. Ohio? Are Remember you that one? No. No, the start of the Drew Carey show. Oh, oh the Drew I'm Carey aging show. God, yeah, At the no. beginning when they do the little dance in the intro and then they're like, Ohio. No, don't they say Ohio. Cleveland? That's what... <laughs> Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's why it I made no sense. I don't remember. Memory unlocked, but I never even watched that show. But I know what you're talking about. Whatever happened to Drew Carey? No, he's host. Doesn't he host now? The Price is Right. Oh, he does. Yes, yes. You Unlocking love memories today. The Price is Right. You've been on The Price is Right, haven't you? I have. I have. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, we'll save that for another episode. Well, okay. Well, how are you? How is uh, your evening in Australia? How are things over there? Listen, I'm good. I'm coming out of a month of being sick and now Jeez. I'm finally healthy and I have a trip coming up where I'm going to Brisbane, the Tambourine Mountains, and then to Byron Bay. I haven't been to oh. Byron Bay in six years of living in Australia. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I'm yes. excited for you. And I know all the Aussies listening... I know that Byron Bay is like super touristy now, but it's one of my favorite memories, travel memories. I went like years ago and had the best time and I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped and I have, you know, a couple days to myself and then I've got a five day wellness retreat. So nice. lots of like good food, meditating, workshops, hippie stuff. I'm very excited. <laughs> You'll How- be the epitome of health. <laughs> yes. Five days, that's all it takes. Yep. Um, What are you doing? How are you? I'm good. So it's currently Thursday afternoon and I'm sitting here recording and not working because I I am on a staycation this week. I needed 
a break off of work. Unlike you, Steph, I take breaks (laughs) from working. So I don't get burnt out. Um, I (laughs) was like desperate just for a week, but it's really expensive to travel right now. And I was looking at, you know, a few little getaways that I could do, but I also just didn't feel like planning a whole lot. Like it was one of those where mentally I was like, I just want to like chill at home and not do a whole lot. So I decided to do a week off in London and I've planned a few little things, but I've done kind of a cute little staycation this week. I did um, Monday. I went um, to Camden market, which I haven't been in years because there was a bunch of like little food places I wanted to try. Um, So went there, ate tons of food then went and sat in Primrose Hill Park, which is a really beautiful park in North London. Read a book, walked around London, like just had a really nice day. And then Tuesday, I went to Whitstable. So it's like a little seaside town okay. in England. And I just had like a really nice day there. I went for a swim in the sea, I ate fish and chips, had a couple drinks, went for a nice long walk. And then for the rest of the week, I just have a few other little things planned. In London, I'm going to a festival. I went to uh, a West End show last night. Um, It's called The Play That Goes Wrong, which was quite funny. So I did that kind of on my own, just got last minute tickets. So yeah, I've just been like a little tourist. Do you know what I love about this too? Because I find the word staycation really turned into people being like, oh, I went around my own city on the weekend and they'd call that a staycation. But like you did a proper staycation where you had time off of work yeah, and proper play tours. I love that. Yeah, I like booked the week off. And so yeah, today I'm doing nothing today because equally I was like, I needed rest time and I did feel like the last three days I've been like, go, go, go. And so equally today, I was like, I just want to sit at home and read a book. The weather's not great today anyways. Um, and so I'm just like allowing myself just to do absolutely fuck all today. I say that, <laughs> however, but? I have been I have been sort of working today a little bit because so for those that listened to our last episode, <laughs> so we talked about Airbnb and I really slagged off Airbnb in that last episode. And I feel like I was maybe a bit harsh and saying, well, and what I was saying, I think we were both saying like, we just don't really use Airbnb that much anymore because it's really expensive. Mm. Um, You know, there's all these additional fees now that hosts are charging, like cleaning fees are like extortionate. And to me, there's just more value in staying in a hotel. And after we did that episode, I was thinking, I was like, (laughs) like, I was like, be the change that you want to see. Is that is that the is that the be saying? the change you want to see in the world? Yes, that's Andrea, it. Andrea, you were Gandhi. I was Gandhi, and I thought, do you know what? Maybe I'll try out hosting on Airbnb, and I'll be a really good host where I'm not going to charge people an arm and a leg for like hosting fees, cleaning fees. I've got mm-hmm. a really cute little spare bedroom in yeah, my in my house. Uh, I live in London and I thought, screw it. And I need some extra money right now. Everything's falling apart <laughs> in my house yeah. so we've got to fix everything. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? Let's put this spare room up on Airbnb. And sure enough, I've been pretty booked up <laughs> for the last few weeks and it's yeah. gone really well. Um, so I have guests coming later today, a couple from Berlin. Um, and it's actually been really nice because since I haven't really been going away, I've got to meet other people traveling and sometimes they've come to London like for the first time so I get to give them like tips what they can do around the city um and it's just been nice to meet 
other travelers. I think that's a really good way. I know you're doing it the Airbnb route, but one of my couch surfing hosts when I did my trip around the US in Maine, I've probably mentioned him. His name is Michael, sweetest mm-hmm. man. He knew he was in a situation where he was never going to be able to travel overseas. Right. And he loved couch surfing because it brought the travelers to him. So he still got, you know, glimpses of the world and learning about other cultures and a lot of those things without you know, he couldn't do those things, but he found a way to bring it to him. Yeah. And you're kind of getting that same experience making money. Yeah, except I'm making money from it. But it's win. <laughs> yeah, it's a win-win. But yeah, so far the experience has been really good. I've had four different guests. Um, they've all been lovely. They've all been like super respectful of my space. Yeah. And it's just I'm like, I wish I had started doing this sooner. Um yeah. but you know, of course, the way that these things work. So the money that I made from the first like three guests because mm-hmm. I was like because I made actually I'm like damn like you can you know I'm not charging a huge amount I, I think my room is up for 45 pounds a night which is mm-hmm. like going right for the area that I live in I don't live in central London I'm in south London um so 45 pounds I think that's kind of a bargain it's you know my place is pretty easy easily accessible to central London so I made about like 600 pounds in like yeah a month and a half which I was like that's pretty sweet well, that sure enough, what happens <laughs> after my last guest leave? I have a leak in my bathroom. Not that they caused it, but my downstairs yeah. by my front door, I looked up because my bathroom is, is above it. I've got two floors in my place and there's a yellow water stain. And I was oh. like, oh, for fuck's sake. You see that? That's never good. Never a good thing. So I had a plumber come around and he was like, oh, you've got the tiles in your bathtub. Like, whoever did this work, and I just moved in, and it was like this. He's like, whoever did this did a really shoddy job. And basically, all the tiles were coming loose, and all the water from the shower was getting behind there, causing a leak mm. in the wall, leaking downstairs. Yes. So I was like, well, I got to fix this. So so the plumber came. He fixed it within a day. Amazing. And it cost me 588 pounds. <laughs> and so all my Airbnb money that I made went to fixing up the bathroom. So... I'm trying to look at it in the positive way of like, yeah, that's money. I It offset it. It offset it. But, you know, you got to maintenance, you know, if you're a homeowner, yeah. these are the things that you got to do. Um, <laughs> so if anyone's looking to stay, you know, a couple nights in London, if you you know want to stay in South London for a pretty decent price, come on and stay at Maison. Andrea, I'll host you. <laughs> I love this. I love yeah. this. And you will not be underwhelmed. It is a beautiful place. It's lovely. And I don't charge any cleaning fees. So there you go. (laughs) I am the change that I want to see (laughs) on Airbnb. I am making the change. (laughs) I'm calling you Gandhi from now on. I love it. Speaking of underwhelmed, and I'm going to call it out right now, for anyone who is going to get offended by this episode, Uh I'm going to say a couple places that have underwhelmed me and... I just don't care. Well, <laughs> like, I'm allowed to have my own experiences. I've set expectations for things and maybe they're higher than I should. But I and I only say this because I remember one time on Twitter, I had mentioned a place that underwhelmed me. I'll talk yeah. about it later. And I got ripped into on Twitter and people were like, people dream of going there their whole lives and you're entitled. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, I just don't care. I'm allowed to like what I like. I'm allowed yeah. to not like what I don't like. So totally. That. We're going to do then today, I guess it's expectations versus reality. Because I, yeah. think, 
this is a really prevalent thing for those uh, i was gonna say well-traveled people but it doesn't even have to be it, you could be, travel somewhere for the first time ever and i think what we do i think what people do in general in our lives we we really uh romanticize things we we yes. we really up things in our minds before we actually see them whether it's traveling whether it's relationships um whether it's jobs everything and so i think you know i've definitely done this with places that i've traveled to um and then we got there and we're like oh Oh. this is it and equally the other way around where i haven't really thought much about a place before and then i get there and i'm like holy shit so we're gonna talk about that today yeah yes and can i tell you sorry we just started off with the story because i thought of it you know when we were talking about this episode and you, you talk about romanticizing a place and this story it both it breaks my heart and i wish i could follow up on what happened to this woman mm-hmm But when I was traveling around the States, 2017, I was driving through Montana, running out of gas, and I saw a sign in the middle, literally in the middle of nowhere called, that just said world famous bar, like one mile to the right. And I thought, well, if it's world famous, I got to go. So I just turned right, pulled up to this bar, was the only car other than the one beside me, which was full of stuff, like noticeable. You look at this car and you go, whoa. Um... So I go into the bar, I grab a seat, there's the bartender and a woman at the bar crying to the bartender. And I'm like, all right, there's clearly something going on here. I order a drink, sit down, and basically the woman ends up leaving. Bartender comes over to chat with me and I'm like, oh, like, I hope, was that your friend? I hope she's okay. And she says, no, this woman actually wrote me a few weeks ago on Facebook saying she was moving to Two Dot Montana And I thought it was a scam, so I ignored it. And she just showed up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, what what is she here for? And this is a really sad story. But basically, Tudop Montana, the reason they have a world-famous bar, is Hank Williams Jr., famous country artist, has a song called Tudop Montana. And this woman and her husband, it was their favorite song. They loved it. They sang it together. It was their thing. And... Somehow her husband had tragically died. She was a bit lost in life. And the only thing she could think to do was go to Two Dot Montana. Like that was, it was calling her. And she got there and Two Dot Montana is a population eight little town with just a bar. Eight people. The bar is the town. And that's the whole gig of why it's world famous. And so this woman got there and essentially was having the moment I walked into the bar, she was having an existential crisis because she'd romanticized this town so much in her head and didn't do any of the research to know what was actually there. So she thought she had driven, she'd packed up her car, driven from Georgia to Montana, which is far to start a new life in this town that essentially doesn't exist. Oh, God. I mean... it's tragic and I wish like I I think of this woman often and I wonder where she is today and I hope she's doing okay but just that classic yeah you know you get and I trust I'm a big advocate of like randomly traveling to places based on songs yeah (laughs) but not yeah it sounds like so much I really hope that woman is in therapy (laughs) I feel like that's what she needed first and then (laughs) so I love the idea of being 
spontaneous and stuff I know yeah. you do too. However, guys, be smart about it. <laughs> like that just sounds like a whole train wreck of a situation. Um, yeah. And it is that whole I like glamorizing things in your head. And I think we can get very carried away with our thoughts. And this is like an extreme case, like a totally yeah. extreme case where someone yeah. picked up and, and moved and left. But I think that's a good example where people do this a lot when they travel to places and they think, oh, why don't I move here? Like we talked, which is which oh, is funny because we I did, did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I guess we had two very different experiences with that. Yeah. Like do. we both, gla- I think, probably glamorized it. And maybe, I mean, my, I'm, I'm still here. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's a good example for you where you were like, oh, like sort of glamorized London and then actually was like, yeah, not for me. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've learned over time, big cities aren't for me. Yeah. Like, I know I live in Mel- Melbourne, but I'm typically on the outer yeah. suburbs of Melbourne. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, different experiences for different people. And sometimes you learn things the hard way, but... I've definitely had a couple places where I wouldn't say I romanticized them, but I hyped them up in my mind based on things I'd heard from other people. Yeah. So the one I got ripped to shreds apart on Twitter for was Mm -hmm. in 2018. I went to Hawaii for the first time. Mm -hmm. And my first few days in Hawaii were spent in Waikiki before I went to Maui. So my initial impression of Hawaii was Waikiki, which is very commercialized, chain restaurants, overpriced shops. And I was just so disappointed, I'll say. And I was like, this is, I don't even know the right words for it to use to this day, but it was not what I'd envisioned for Hawaii. And I will caveat this with once I got to, sorry, I didn't go to Maui. I went to Kauai. Once I got to Kauai, that was the Hawaii I envisioned and I loved it. But yeah. when I tweeted about my first few days experience in Hawaii, I just had people tear into me and be like, people dream their whole life of going to Hawaii, how you're ungrateful, you're da 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 da. And I was just like, sorry, it's just Waikiki's underwhelming. Get me out of here. I, yeah. And once I got to Kauai, it was beautiful, like all the things you hear. But yeah, that was Waikiki, Hawaii, underwhelming for me. So that aside, and going around to the other side of the world now, and same thing, I don't know how to put it into words because I'm so glad I went there, but the Terracotta Warriors of Xi'an in China underwhelmed me. Oh, I thought you really liked that. So I... I'm glad I went and it's actually pretty amazing to see them. The part that underwhelmed me is, so I did, there's an audio tour you can do while you're there where they teach you about the excavation of them and they teach you, you know, all about the logistics too of finding them and unearthing them and it just sounded like they really, and granted it was 2015 when I went, so I'm not, it's been eight years, I'm not going to repeat this, correct. But it just sounds, because you learn about how so many of them were broken and shattered. And there's only a few of them that have their original form that they haven't Mm -hmm. had to reassemble from pieces. Yeah. And I remember when I was doing the audio tour, walking around, like the impression you got wasn't that, you know, they found all these crumbled artifacts that they've been restoring. It sounded like they destroyed them while finding them. (laughs) 
Like, so a lot of them were in their original form and they were destroyed excavating them. And it was just so much of the magic of it was gone. And it was like, oh, so you, you're just rebuilding what you destroyed. What you guys broke. Yeah. And I'm probably not saying this right, but it just took a lot of the magic away from it. Do you think if, do you think if you didn't do the audio tour, it, you would have felt the same? Like if you didn't know that? Like if you just I saw them. I think, yeah. I think that might have actually been better, to be honest. Yeah. Which usually I love a good audio tour. And I love, you know, learning more. Because sometimes, I'm sure everyone who's listening has done it. You go to a place and, you know, you walk around and you take cool photos and you leave. And you're like, okay, I got some cool photos. But I didn't actually learn anything. Yeah. So... I love doing audio tours, but yeah, this one, everything the audio tour taught me, I'm like, wow, wow, we're idiots. Like we destroy things. Whereas if I hadn't learned any of that, I could have just walked around and appreciated them in the Appreciate- form now. Yeah. I was going to say like, cause there's people there on site restoring them in front of you. You can watch them restoring one still. Well, yeah. In 2015 you could. And the the learn actually learning about the excavation of them and the logistics of it all really took away from the magic of it. Maybe some of the magic then of these places that you go visit that you've bigged up in your head, just go to see them <laughs> versus learn about them. It's funny too because like as you're saying this, I'm thinking like this. I can't I can't think of a good example right now, but I know there's definitely been tours that I've done in museums or or something. And then you're learning about something in front of you. And then in the audio tour, it's like, it says at the end, like, this is a replica. Uh, and you're like, oh, wait, this isn't the original. <laughs> like, And so you wonder if you just didn't do the tour and you didn't know that. Like the Rosetta Stone, for example, right? Like, oh, Rosetta that's Stone. one of my favorite memories. <laughs> like the one in like Cairo that's in, or not Cairo. Is it Cairo or Alexandria? It's in that, it's in the library, it's in, isn't it? It's in Cairo in the Egyptian Museum. Oh, and I there. was like... I didn't know the Rosetta Stone was in Egypt. And you were like, I don't think it is. No, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's in England. (laughs) And we looked it up. And basically, this is the most ridiculous thing. So basically, there's a replica of the Rosetta Stone in Cairo. And so the Rosetta Stone, which is actually in the British Museum. And I'm paraphrasing and taking a lot of creative liberty in how... I interpreted this, but basically there's a little plaque that explains it's a replica and the British Museum has said, we're not going to give you back the original until you prove you can take care of it. (laughs) Like it was so passive aggressive. I remember us reading it and being like, oh, oh, wow. Which, which was kind of funny because I think like two weeks after we got back from Cairo, it was in the news that whoever worked at the museum they were moving king tut's tomb and they and they cracked it like they broke it and we were kind of like oh maybe this is what the british museum means but not to say not that we are condoning the english stealing loads of artifacts from i mean they have stolen lots of stuff but it was just quite an ironic moment where i saw this in the news and i'm like oh steph look they've cracked King Tut's tomb, which also I remember we saw that and that was kind of underwhelming as well. I hate to say it was. Yeah, we were like, oh, this is it. I think what it was with that, I expected it to be 
I don't know, just more kind of on show in the museum. You know what I mean? And that museum in itself, there's so many artifacts. And I think we've talked about it before where like they were just kind of scattered around and nothing was labeled. And they probably, they probably just find loads of artifacts all the time and put them in this museum. But King Tut's tomb was literally like you just walk into a room and it was just there. And I was like expecting, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but it was just very underwhelming. And I'm like, oh, there's a mummy. There's King Tut. And I, yeah. And it's I like they didn't one of- make a big deal of it. That I think that's what it was. There was, yeah, there was just nothing to it. I remember one of the guys sitting there were like, where's King Tut's tomb? He's like, oh, it's just in there. And like pointed like <laughs> to a room. And we're like, oh, okay. And we were like well, the only ones I- there. I remember also there was a guy down there and to everywhere in Egypt, they're like, bakshish, bakshish, which is, means tip. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're asking you for tip. Oh, yeah. And they offered to take us down further down into the tomb into like this other area that no one could get into. And for some reason, we didn't do it, which is weird of us. I think we were just and so then, sick of tipping people. We just were giving so much money away on that trip. And then months later, it came out on the news that they discovered another tomb further down. And I was like, hold on. Oh, is that... They were literally letting people, like tourists, pay money low-key to go into that tomb months ago. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> like, should have done that. Maybe maybe we would have been, we would have been like, whoa. There's always that delicate balance of like, is this, am I going to die down there? Or is there yeah. actually going to be a tomb? And on that occasion, there was another tomb and we yeah. just missed out. <laughs> we missed out. Well, I wonder whose tomb it was. I don't know. I could look it up. I remember it was all over the news as if they just discovered it that week. And I was Uh, like, hold on. (laughs) They've definitely known about that for a lot longer. I mean, that's quite funny. I think that whole museum was, I don't know if underwhelming. It was a bit. Yeah. I think just because, again, I think when you compare museums to like big museums like the British Museum or like like the the big ones that we have in the UK, like they do make such an effort like curating them 
Um, and then you do sometimes go to these museums where obviously they don't have the resources to do that. And they, it does seem very underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you can really tell the difference. Just there's professional curator programs and courses that people do. And yeah. You can tell when that's been done and when it hasn't. Yeah. Well, speak, but. speaking of museums, and I feel like this is on everybody's list when they go see it. And this is one of mine. I remember when I saw the Mona Lisa for the first time. That was. Yes. <laughs> I, I've never been so underwhelmed in my life and stressed out because there were so many fucking people there. For anyone mm. that hasn't seen the Mona Lisa, the painting itself is like. It's like it's, it's like an A4 paper. Yeah. It's bigger than that. I but. had a heads up on that. So thankfully, I knew walking into it. Otherwise, I would have been so disappointed. Yeah. Like, yeah. I expected it, it to be, like, just a massive, a huge portrait painting. It is a portrait painting, but, like, just bigger. Yeah. Not standard sh- sheet of paper size. No. And the Louvre is so overwhelming. Because I remember even thinking... You know, I should look up some other famous works there and see them while I'm there. But it's so big. It was so overwhelming. And wandering around, I was just like, for some reason, I was like, I just want to get out of here. Yeah. Afterwards. No, I was yeah. the same. I will say, though, I was uh, very pleasantly surprised by, I think I was I was more in awe of the uh, Venus de Milo statue there, which I didn't yes. even realize was there. So that was one of those. I remember after we saw the Mona Lisa kind of walking through and I remember seeing this statue and I was like oh that's what you know that's one of those famous statues like again I am not an art person but I know the ones that you learn in art class you know you got Venus de Milo you got your David which I've seen in Florence which that was amazing um but yeah so it was equally as underwhelmed as I was by the Mona Lisa I had quite a like I don't know a positive experience seeing Venus de Milo and I there's gonna be like so many like art people listening to this being like oh my god she's an idiot you're basic you're so basic yeah but I am when it comes to art I will admit I'm one of those I go to museums to go see the famous paintings or sculptures that everybody knows I will not spend more than probably an hour inside of me you're the same stuff oh yeah no no um but speaking of statues so this one was one of the most underwhelming things that I've seen. I don't know if you know where I'm going to go with this, but when I was in Copenhagen. Okay. And in Copenhagen, that's where the Little Mermaid story was written. So the Little Mermaid was written by Hans Christian Andersen, who's Danish. And so in Copenhagen, they have a Little Mermaid statue. Everyone talked about this when they're like, oh, you're going to go to Copenhagen. Like, you got to go see the Little Mermaid statue. I'm like, oh my God, yes, I have to. So I get there and same thing. There's like a massive crowd. And I'm like, where is this statue? I get up to the statue. This is the smallest fucking statue I've ever seen in my (laughs) life. It is like the size of, like, I swear, like the size of my cat. It's like, uh, granted, I I have a very big cat, but it's probably a little bit bigger. But it's not some big, big ass statue that, I don't know. I just was imagining this big, at least, at least like human size. That's what I was thinking. As if like. You know, it'd be a mermaid with the tail and it would be the size of a regular woman. It's tiny. It's tiny. And like people have like put gum on it. And like, I think it was spray painted in the back. Like it was like pink when I saw it at the back. And I was like, is this the statue that everyone's been going on about? So yeah, if anyone has seen 
the Little Mermaid statue, you'll know. I think it's still worth going to see if you're in Copenhagen because you can do really cool little boat tours yeah. in Copenhagen and they take you by. But even actually, I think when I I done the boat tour as well and they they pull up on the boat, but all you, like you see the statue, like you can't even get that close to it on the boat. And it's just like, it's so small. It's teeny tiny. So yeah, anyone that's going to go, it's still one of the things you got to see in Copenhagen, but just be prepared that it's not like this big, elegant statue you would imagine it to be like I did. I really hyped it up thinking, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. I can take a picture next to it. And it's like, like there's like seagull poop on it. And like it's just, yeah, it's so small. On Okay. On the flip side of that. Is there anywhere you've ever gone where you either had low expectations and were blown away or where something actually met your, like you had high expectations and it met it? I think when I went to Petra, I really had no expectations. And the reason being, okay, so this, this is like almost embarrassing. When I went to Jordan, I didn't even realize Petra was there initially. Like I knew, I knew about Petra. Like I had seen it in like pictures and stuff. And I didn't, for whatever, like I planned my trip to Jordan very much on a whim. So I didn't really have a whole lot planned, but I was like, I'm going to go because I was going to be in Dubai and Oman. And someone was like, oh, you should go to Jordan because it's right, like it's close by. And I was like, okay. And then it was a friend of mine that he was like, are you going to go to Petra? And I'm like, oh, I guess I should. And I was like, is it in Jordan? I'm like, oh yeah, it is. So anyway, so I booked the, the day trip and Again, I hadn't really done any of my own kind of research or planning on on Petra. I didn't realize how big it was. I didn't realize like how much walking was involved. But when I saw it, when I got there, I was like, holy shit. And it was like such, I mean, it blew my expectations away just because I really had none. And I almost feel like that is like sometimes the best way to go into anything that you're going to see is like, I'm not saying don't plan or like research a whole bunch because I had zero expectations. It was incredible. It would have been incredible anyways, but like, it was like that extra, you know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense. No, I know what you're saying, but it literally like took my breath away. I was just like in awe of how incredible this place was. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I almost missed this. I almost yeah. would have missed this because I just didn't didn't know. I don't know where I thought it was. I, in my brain, I think I either thought like it was in another country or like it didn't exist anymore. Like I think I thought it was gone. And I'm like, okay. wow, okay. So yeah, that was incredible. Um, I went from zero expectations to mind blown. One of the most, if like probably, probably the most amazing place I've ever traveled to. If I'm honest, like I feel wow. like it takes the number one spot it's up there at least that's yeah you so you've told me that before and I've never been so Mm -hmm. it's definitely high on my list because of your feedback um I had that same experience with the Taj Mahal and I know I won't go on too much about it because I've actually mentioned this in other episodes yeah but the Taj Mahal is one of the few places where there's a lot of hype about it and it still exceeded the hype for me. I got there and was just like, holy shit. Mm, I felt like my experience was pretty like, it was amazing, but I expected it to be amazing. Yeah. So the, definitely the 
no expectations definitely sets you up for success for sure. I think that's the best way to go into it. For me, the one place that actually was at risk of not meeting the hype because I romanticized it so much was Christ the Redeemer in Brazil. Mm. Because I, when I was planning my around the world trip, I knew I was going to Brazil first. And for some reason to me, I just had to see Christ the Redeemer. I'm not even really religious. Like, I don't know why I got fixated on it. Um, I'd just seen it in so many movies and shows, and it looked just epic, like oh, the way it overlooks Rio de Janeiro. And so got to Brazil, started in Sao Paulo for a week or two, went to Rio. And I remember going for a drive in the evening, went to the beach at the evening, and like went and, you know, dipped my feet in the water. And I looked up. And there it was lit up over the city and all its glory, like way up high. And I just had this like overwhelming feeling of emotion, both in terms of like, holy shit, there it is. I think because I had it for my screensaver as a year at work before my around the world trip too. I just had, it was also that feeling of like, oh my God, I'm actually here. I actually did this. I'm doing this. And it just exceeded everything maybe because it meant so much to me like it wasn't just seeing it it was everything it represented yeah but that was an amazing one for me now granted I will tell people it is one of those ones where it's like you see these amazing pictures everyone is taking strategic pictures there (laughs) like there's of course yeah a couple days later I actually went up and saw it like stood on up right under it and there was like a thousand people there that's like a lot of a lot of tourist places though right like the expectation yeah. versus reality what you see in the pictures like you, Taj Mahal is a great example like you think that you're going to get you know the famous like Princess Diana pictures right where she's just sitting there alone with no one around when actually you go to the Taj Mahal and it is heaving with people oh yeah there's people everywhere. It is. And that's like so many touristy places. You know, I think that's a big one to when you've got this picture in your head of the place that you're going to go. Remember, you are not the only person that is romanticizing this place. And there will be yeah. thousands of other people there. So that's where, you know, if you do want to, if you want it to live up to that expectation, that's when you really have to plan around when you're going to travel to these places. Like if you're going to go and high tourist season expect there to be loads of people and you're not going to get your beautiful picturesque princess diana moment (laughs) using the Taj Mahal as the example um but then also like look at what time of day that you're going to these places like when we went I think we talked about this in our recent India episode but we went at like 4 30 in the morning to Taj Mahal like super early and I was lucky that I did get pictures where it was mostly just me but even still there's people in the photo easy to photoshop out though but i think that's a big part of the the expectation versus reality it's like people forget that there's a lot of other tourists you're not the only ones <laughs> yeah so i feel like i'm both loving and hating on some famous places around the world bringing it back home to australia mm-hmm. you just reminded me of this one right the blue lake in south oh my australia God, that blue lake yeah. You want to talk it is about hyped. Uh, yeah. The pictures look like a blue Edited. lake. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because it's called Blue Lake and you think, in hindsight, now having seen it, I'm like, yep, all lakes are pretty fucking blue. But it was, it's really hyped up to be this majestic you know, stunning blue lake. And we yeah. got there and we were like, they've marketed this lake oh. very well. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was barely blue. I'll say that. It was not impressive. It was, it was, it looked like, and maybe, maybe we are spoiled because we do come from Canada where we have We've the great got lakes. Impressive lakes. I mean, we have the most impressive lakes in the world, but this lake, I don't even understand what we were doing there. Where is it again? So maybe let's talk about the blue. Like where where in Australia is it? Yeah, it's in Mount Gambier. Mount Gambier, however you want to say it. Yeah. Uh, um, Which is a beautiful place. Like I love Mount Gambier. It's got some sinkholes. It's got some pretty incredible things. I think I was impressed most by the sinkhole there. The I think it was called the Umfersten sinkhole. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Blue Lake. It was one of those, I think, there's not a whole lot to do there, like in Mount Gambier. There, there is, there's just not a whole lot to do. So we were kind of looking up like top things to do on, I don't know if it was like TripAdvisor or something. And this tour came up. It's like, go to a tour of this Blue Lake. And the pictures were like stunning. And I'm like, oh my God, where's this Blue Lake? And then we went and it was just, I mean, the tour itself was it was pretty funny. The lake just looked like a, again, it was not as blue as it looked in the pictures. I just had this thought of like, maybe it was the time of year we went, you know, we were just there at the wrong time. And I did a bit of a deep dive into it after and all the official tourism photos and websites promoting the town show this like beautiful aquamarine, blue, green, stunning color. And then all the pictures I've seen of it taken by everyday people, like who've tagged it on Instagram or whatever, saw, seem to see what we see. Right. So I'm inclined, maybe a couple times a year it is that blue, but I'm inclined on this one to think Photoshop has yeah. deceived us. I mean, it's maybe a seasonal thing, but yeah, those filters, you can really play up the colors. What's the pink yeah. like in... Melbourne isn't there a pink lake that we never uh, went to you never took me to it so listen so the one in Melbourne I'm, I'm laughing and anyone in Australia might be laughing right now also is the Westgate Bridge pink lake and it right. is not one you want to go into it does go super bright pink yeah. like crazy bright pink I have an unedited picture of it on my Instagram and it does go impressively pink uh-huh um but australia has is famous for its pink lakes all around the country and there's some there is some genuinely amazing pink lakes yeah well no i'm saying yeah. would that be one that would live up to you want to talk about colors you know oh it lived up to the hype yeah Absolutely. oh good so i'm glad i'm glad that you took me there thanks well so listen <laughs> it's only in peak summertime it has to be like over it's like 30, mm. 35 degrees. It's when there's heat waves that it goes pink. It's a yeah. chemical reaction. So about 90 to 95% of the year, it's not pink at all. It's Sounds... a chemical reaction during heat waves. Right. So that's the same as the blue lake, no? It's seasonal. Isn't that what we just said? So it's but a it good, is... But it's a good example. Is it not the same thing? If like someone went to the pink lake, not during the hot weather they would think oh what the hell why isn't this pink it might be underwhelming it's not pink all the time yeah absolutely i just think with the blue lake and mount gambier 
I was just trying to give it credit. I don't think it's actually <laughs> ever that blue. Whereas the pink lakes actually do go pink. Okay, maybe someone needs to verify this. Why am I? Ever... Why am I getting so defensive of the pink lakes? I don't I'm know. Like, it's pink. I, I was just using it as an. You're exa- bringing I up mean... a rage in me. I didn't know I. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying maybe there's people that live in Mount Gambier that feel the same about the Blue Lake, where they're like, it does go blue. You just weren't there during the time. Yeah, prob- maybe. I hope. You know what? I hope so. I hope yeah. that's true. Maybe someone, again. If any of our verify. listeners live in South Australia and you want to set us straight, set me straight. Yeah, let us know. Just nicely. I think there's a lot of places like that, though. Where you see in the pictures, like, the Instagram versus reality of, like, spe- uh, specifically, like, uh, bodies of water. Where it's either, oh. like, super clear water, super blue water, super green. And then you get there and it's, like, brown. Like so any other ocean or lake. There's a lake here in Victoria, like, a couple hours north of Melbourne called Lake Tyrell. And it is famous for being similar to, like, the Bolivia the reflection lakes out in Bolivia mm-hmm. where it's a salt based lake um, and you can go and you know you take a picture and the sc- the water looks exactly like the sky like it's incredible yeah so I'd been in Australia for about a year met a couple girlfriends and we thought let's go on a road trip like let's go we'd seen the pictures of Lake Tyrell we thought let's let's book it let's go to Lake Tyrell for a weekend yeah <laughs> Clearly did next to no research because we went in the middle of the summer in a heat wave and we get up there and during the hot temperatures, the reason these lakes are so reflective is because they're very shallow, the concentration of salt in them, whatever, da 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 don't actually get it. But anyways, we were in a heat wave, all the water was absorbed into the sand. It was oh. a field of, a field of sand. <laughs> And thankfully, our Airbnb host was like, I know one area on the lake where there's still water. (laughs) And we went out there and she took the most strategic photos for us ever. Like when I say she knew where there was water, there was probably about like 10 feet width of water still above sand. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was hilarious. We went back to the Airbnb that night and we're like, we're dumb. Like we didn't, and of course we should have looked it up. It's a small town during the peak, you know, water reflective season. Everything's fully booked. And there was not like, we just had the, we literally had the town to ourselves. (laughs) Like we, the only other people we saw were five construction workers in the whole town. It was, it was something. It was so funny. We didn't even care though. It was like one of those trips though, where it was like half of it was about like having drinks and playing games at the Airbnb. Like it was a good time. Yeah. But I think either way, we were very misguided with all of this when, you know, if something doesn't live up to the hype. You just got to go with it. Like, don't feel like your trip is ruined. I'm having, I feel like Celine Dion, where it's all coming back to me now. Because there was another one. I'm going to post all these on our Instagram. Where I literally flew to Tasmania to go to this lavender farm. It's one of the biggest lavender farms here. It's beautiful. I saw this photo that inspired me to go down there and I thought I'm going to go down and take that exact same photo. And yeah. I got there 2 days after they culled all the lavender. Oh so yeah. 
I got there and it was just fields and fields of stripped bush. There was no <laughs> lavender left on anything. And I'm going to post the photos on our Instagram because it was so funny. Yeah, there's a lavender I didn't even farm. Care. There's a lavender farm near me, actually, in London. And same thing. People always go not during the time of year where it's like still, I don't know what you call it still intact before it's been called so yeah you yeah. can get some really beautiful it's it's funny as well because everyone's like a lavender farm in london like yeah yeah it's in croydon um but it's yeah super beautiful when it's full of lavender but obviously they do yeah. call it <laughs> yeah. and so people go and they're like where's the lavender and they're like oh it's not here and then they're just stuck in croydon <laughs> in london which is you know not the most desirable area but <laughs> yeah Live and learn. Live and learn, guys. Life's about the journey, not the destination. What I else? Like There's like got to be it. some other cliches I can throw in here. We're both like Gandhi. We He's, are Gandhi. We One are. with Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Well, I feel like uh, I hope everyone enjoyed our episode of us bagging on amazing destinations. <laughs> yeah. But. I think if anyone has anywhere they've been where they were underwhelmed, share that with us too. I love a good expectation versus reality story. Yeah. And equally, if there's places that you didn't really think much of and then you went and thought, this is incredible, let us know as well. Beautiful. Nice. All right. That's it for today then. See you next time. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. Donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.